0: More tassa, batoato, arra hatto, some mason good asa. The more tassa, batoato, arra hatto, some mason good asa. Lung began by encouraging everyone to establish their minds in uh, a degree of stillness, samadhi, and mindfulness during this talk, while listening, and uh, to meditate as uh, the talk goes on. It's important during the day as we go about our activities to remain as much as possible with the in and out breathing, keeping our mindfulness established. Specifically mindfulness or the Pali Sati uh, is the ability to recollect ways sampa janya. Uh, can be translated as a broader awareness and as a quality associated commonly with wisdom. When we cultivate mindfulness, we work to establish a degree of attention with all of our activities, from waking up to sitting, to walking, standing, standing, lying down, speaking, remaining silent, when we move our limbs, uh, move towards and away from things, in every motion of the body, we should attempt to remain mindful and attentive to the present moment. Similarly with the work we do every day, walking uh, binda when we sweep the grounds, when we clean our dwelling place, chant And when we engage in formal practice of sitting, we should cultivate this precious quality of sati. When monks put on your jiwans, your robes, maintain sati, maintain mindfulness. This is a huge benefit to the practice. As monks, we have a special status or role in society, And this unique status of a renunciant means that we should make ourselves easy to look after for the laity. And similarly, that we should recollect our profession, our purpose, as in part related to our putting forth the constant effort to maintain this degree of mindfulness and attention. Similarly, our purpose is intimately related to our keeping of sila, of morality, specifically conducting ourselves in line with the code of the Moka, uh, those rules in the Padimoka and also those rules of our monastic code, which are outside of the official 227 of the Moka, which we will recite tonight our profession is not just to keep sati and align ourselves with sila, but also to constantly, consistently, and sincerely pour ourselves into the practice of meditation, the cultivation of the mind and heart. Sometimes this practice can take the form of formal sitting, whereas other times it's related more to the cultivation of study, increasing our knowledge of the suttas, of the teachings of the great teachers, and also of more esoteric texts texts such as the Abhidhamma. And as we cultivate and expand our knowledge of such things, we'll find that the quality of sata, faith or conviction, also grows this quality of sata, or faith, is essential. Much of the practice can be likened to climbing a mountain or a large hill. It's a steep slope and a long climb, and to have strength for the whole journey requires us to have faith and conviction in our path. But upon reaching the top or the summit, we'll find it was worthwhile and be able to survey the whole landscape below. When we reach the apex of our practice, we will be able to see the Dhamma. So be careful. Remain vigilant in all of our activities. Uh, When you are eating, when you're speaking, maintain sati. When you're alone, maintain sati. Be careful of your thoughts and be restrained in every motion of the mind. Apart from these everyday uh, cultivation of sati, when you bring yourself to the formal practice of sitting meditation, establish your body in an upright position, bring the spine straight, cross your legs, and bring your attention to the breath. If while you attempt to bring the attention to the breath, you find that the mind is unwilling to settle down, then you can bring to mind a chant and recite this uh, and using this more coarse Samatha object, bring the mind to stillness. Meditate a lot and work to cultivate this measure of lucid calm. As Kamatana monks are Profession is to keep this con- constant practice, to have a kamatana or basis of practice, a meditation object which we constantly cultivate. It means to maintain and keep our persistence aroused for the cultivation of good wholesome states and the letting go and abandonment of unwholesome. This constant level of effort is intimately entwined with our profession. So put forth this right effort uh, of cultivation of the good and the abandoning of the bad. This is the same practice whether we are old monks who are quite senior and have been in the robes for years or new who have just ordained. It's essential that we continue to put forth this level of uh, effort to go to morning and evening chanting, to walk alms round. This is our goal and our role in society, constantly. If we don't have this level of effort and of restraint, then though we might wear robes and look like a monk on the external level of convention. Internally, we lack the status of a samana. This constant level of restraint is essential because it allows us to gain some measure of control over the mind and heart, which is something so fast that it is hard to uh, speak about almost. Once, when uh, Longpo Anan was with Longpur Cha, they were at the meal, and a chicken crowed in the distance. One monk looked up from his alms bowl towards the sound, and Longpur Cha immediately scolded him saying that he'd been reborn right then and there as a chicken. What he was speaking to was the speed of the mind, that as soon as the monk had looked up, as soon as his mind had been taken and his sati with uh, the act of eating had been shattered, that his mind had immediately taken rebirth, uh, in a sense, with the experience and the mental impression of the chicken call And this is the speed of the mind. It moves that fast. So as monastics, as renunciants, we must have a respect for this speed of the heart and work to maintain ourselves constantly in mindfulness, especially when we go into town, into the city, on alms round and otherwise. Longpur Anan referenced another instance when he was going into the city with Longpur Cha. Some monks had stopped briefly for a second to look at a wall uh, because they were interested if there were any flyers or seeing uh, what was happening in the town. Uh, It was just a glance that the monks uh, directed towards the wall, but Longpore Cha saw it immediately and grunted scoldingly, uh, implying that they lost their restraint as monks, implying that they shouldn't be interested in what was going on. And this is the way that we should uh, consider things, that we should not cultivate any interest in the external world uh, of the city and those worldly happenings, but rather keep ourselves constantly restrained and work to check the mind. There's another story of a monk who asked Lonko Cha to go to the beach and see the ocean but Lung Cha denied him permission, uh, instead uh, exhorting him to remain in the monastery and cultivate his practice. And this is the case. Even if we are beginning, only beginning to cultivate our spiritual affections, if we're practicing well, it's as if we have only a little water, but because it is pure, it tastes good. And... Similarly, when we um, cultivate this practice, uh, though we might find that the externals of our daily life and our uh, our spiritual perfections differ from one another, we can also recollect that... uh, the hearts of those who have become purified um, in a sense are all similarly pure despite external differences among them. For example, in the time of the Buddha, the great disciple of Sivali, who was known as being foremost in receiving requisites, uh, Sivali frequently received a new jiwan almost every day lay people were constantly offering him things. And in honor of their faith, he frequently accepted their gifts. Whereas Ajahn uh, Mahakasapa, uh the disciple of the Buddha known as foremost in ascetic practices, would have only an old jiwan that he had made long ago out of rags. Though both of these monks were pure in their heart, their externals differed. Um, And this is important to recollect, that this essential purity is beyond and untouched by the external conventions. But this is also the level of the arahant. And in the beginning, we must put forth effort on these Uh, more basic levels of uh, how we conduct ourselves externally in our practice as well. For example, the sakras or branches of Wat Nampapong 45 years ago were extremely uh, ascetic in their nature comparatively to today. Whereas we have a great deal of food offered every day Uh, Back then, food was scarce, frequently consisting of only sticky rice and uh, a bit of spicy uh, sauce to go with it. Sometimes there weren't even eggs or any uh, accompanying dish. In regards to tonics or allowables in the afternoons, whereas today we have cocoa, tea, coffee, sugar, honey, and more. Back then, frequently there was nothing or very little. And Longpur Anand was reflecting that at times when him and uh, Longpur Sunshai would walk Tudong or monastic wandering, frequently uh, they would have so little in the afternoon that the novice who sometimes accompanied them would uh, have to ration out the teeny bit of sugar that they had. Uh, because they ran out of it very quickly. And these conditions, though they were external, were very helpful in cultivating a uh, strong heart in their beginning stages of practice. Similarly, such simplicity had other benefits. The sala, or main hall of Mabjan at that time, was basic and had it simply a dirt floor. But, though it was basic and not luxurious, it was also easy easy to look after. Cleaning it and sweeping it took only 15 minutes and left uh, a large amount of time for Long and the other monks and Map to practice and dedicate themselves to meditation. In the present we find ourselves with many possessions and uh, looking after a great number of buildings and this does take more time. However, if we approach these tasks, these duties with mindfulness, then it doesn't necessarily take away from the practice itself. Even looking after such things can be part of the practice. So the monks should gather every day in the afternoon during this period to meditate at Salipo uh, at around 2 p.m. or so, unless they have other duties or uh, need to dedicate themselves to study. It's true that many of the monks would be meditating on their own in their kutis, regardless of this group gathering. Nonetheless, it provides encouragement and holds everyone accountable when there is such group sitting. So uh, it's worth doing, uh, and the monks should try to gather at that time together. Similarly, in the evening, after having tonics and tea, the monks should return to their kutis, take a shower, and then go up to the meditation hall as soon as they can, even by 6.30, to be meditating and uh, dedicate themselves to the formal practice. In the morning, uh, they should be up at 4 a.m. at the latest, uh, and by 4.15, if possible even, be down at the eating hall, opening windows and doors, uh, preparing themselves to walk meditation, and move towards sitting, and such dedication and consistency throughout the day and in the fall of practice will be of great benefit, and such goodness is a possession which we take with us in our practice. This relates to the last uh, recollection of the ten which we just recited of uh that a renunciant should frequently recollect namely the recollection of if we have gained any supernormal states any distinct uh, states of distinction that we might uh bring up if at the end of our lives we were asked by our spiritual companions if we had achieved anything Similarly, if we do really achieve something good through this practice, it's a possession, it's something that belongs to us that we can uh, could speak to in such a situation that we can truly take pride in. Uh, the Aryan attainments are transcendent and eternal. So, returning back to the basics of day-to-day life, Look after the monastery together, help each other. Uh, keep an eye on the number of dogs, cats, and other animals in the monastery, and uh, don't let them the numbers get out of control. We've had quite a few uh, new uh, kittens and puppies recently, and we need to make sure that there don't get to be too many, or else it'll make it even harder to look after the dwelling places. To look after this monastery and its grounds is everyone's responsibility, not just the abbot. Uh, everyone should consider themselves, in this sense, an abbot, and all help each other share their responsibility. Make your practice continuous. Maintain mindfulness all day. And one day, with this constant level of effort, the mind will gather into upachara samadhi, or neighborhood concentration will experience a lightness of body and mind. And when the mind gathers in this state of lucid calm, we can bring it and direct it towards contemplating the body, looking at this form as being uh, composed merely of elements or looking at it in terms of the 32 parts of the body or seeing what it will become after death, when it decays into the ground and rots. And as we look at the state of the body with this calm mind, we see clearly that it lacks all essence, all self, and wisdom arises, a profound and bright wisdom, through this use of thought and calm, bright awareness. We can see that even every action of the body, which we usually think of as so much are under our own control, is in fact only a chain of commands from the heart to the brain, or the chitta, uh, the heart mind, to the brain, and then finally to the body. But if the brain is having trouble if it's in a state where it's not completely working, then this whole link uh, and train of command breaks down and it becomes very quickly apparent that we aren't in fact owners of the body when it won't obey us. As old age approaches and this chain of command becomes more and more unreliable, we seek more and more clearly how much our own bodies aren't ourselves. When the mind sees clearly this empty nature of phenomena and of the physical form, it also at the same time sees that everything is dhamma. Everything acts in accordance with nature. So, These are the ending stages of the path, but when we're just beginning, we shouldn't be put off by how long we think the path might be. It begins with the first step. And while eventually our practice will gain a level of consistency and momentum of its own, uh, a level of enthusiasm and passion which will hold for it, In the beginning, uh, it's something we may have to put forth effort. Just as a new child going to school won't want to go and may have to be sent with a friend who will help get them there. Similarly, in the beginning, we may have to put forth effort and force ourselves to sit, walk, chant, keep the practice. When we gather to chant, uh, we should really, therefore, uh, put effort into it. Don't simply sit uh, and let the others around you do the chanting while you remain silent. As we all gather together, chanting together, we find that the act has a sort of communal power. So as monks, maintain uh, the practice in all these aspects, chant together, put forth effort in this, uh, put forth effort in the formal meditation, contemplate, whenever possible, the first foundation of mindfulness, the body and the body, whether that be the 32 parts, the four elements, the cremation, contemplations, the fact of our uh, inevitable death, all these things can help bring the mind to silence and quiet. And when the mind uh, attains that degree of wisdom, clarity, and calm, it will be truly happy. So this is the path of practice towards the ending of doubt. This is the path of practice towards the quiet mind towards the wisdom to see clearly. The sila, the samadhi, this uh, maintenance of the practice in every aspect of our lives and core lot, that gives rise eventually to wisdom. And with that wisdom, the separation of the mind and the body where we see them truly as different and eventually see Dhamma. Keep the practice continuous, and this fruit will come. Whether we speak about the Mahayana or Theravada sects of Buddhism, it's all the same, this practice of mindfulness, keeping our attention constantly with all work Uh, all of our activities, uh, maintaining awareness. And when we keep our effort constant, there comes a day where the mind will settle into silence and calm. Practice this well. We don't know how long our teachers will be around We don't know how long our lives will last. Our life is not certain where our death is certain. What we chant is true, and should be taken into the heart as much as we're able to. So, as we're all gathered here for this special moka, all of our various monasteries come together. Uh, Please be sincere in your practices work towards liberation and be grateful for all we have and all the time we have to put ourselves uh, and dedicate ourselves to this practice.